When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. It is the final episode before the trade deadline on Tuesday. Uh, We've got three days worth of trades to cover already. I feel like I feel like that uh, that trade nut has been drained for the most part. There's not a ton of nut left as far as the trade deadline goes. We've got Justin Verlander that's still out there. Uh, I know that that image, I probably just brought back a fappening image for you that you thought you forgot, but realize that it's still in the back of your brain somewhere. And then you have some maybes. There's some maybe guys out there, and then there's some maybe some surprise names that are still floating around out there. But before we do all that, there was a, I guess you could call it a big trade. It's like the, the Max Scherzer trade to me, it, the the discussion is way more interesting about what the fuck do you do now if you're the Mets than it is for the wow the Rangers are really going for it. Well, like, what I'm they not, do with Verlander? I'm not going to sit here well, and say that the <clears throat> I'm not. You can't you can't say that the Rangers aren't going for it because they also no. go and they get a Jordan Montgomery. But the the Mets side of the discussion now is far more fascinating well, than the Texas Rangers side. I don't know that it's that much more fascinating. All you got to do is wait to see what they do with Verlander. I think it's that simple. It's really that simple. 
I think that right there is going to be extremely telling. If they decide to move that dude, well, then I pretty much get it. If they don't move that dude, then like Jay and I were talking about last time, you want to be good in the future. That's the goal. So if it's short term to move some pieces now and kind of position yourself to make a move next year, okay. But if they move Verlander, then I don't think there's a discussion to be had. Well, he basically already told you he wants to, wants to get moved. Oh, sure, sure. But I mean, you know, that happens or not, that's one thing. But I think, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, are they even going to get to that point? I mean, the fact that we're here, right? Half of their, half of the, the two aces gone. Jay, hey. The interesting part for the Mets, uh, beyond the 2024 implications, are that I think we saw this is not unprecedented, but the amount of money and financial might that Steve Cohen put behind this deal so that they could acquire the caliber of prospect that they did in the Scherzer trade from Texas, who's uh, everybody knows by now is Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother. Um, That to me is the fascinating part because we were talking on the last pod about what does Steve Cohen's spending or financial kind of you know dominance look like moving forward does it take the form of Scherzer and Verlander contracts well in this case they decided to trade Max Scherzer and instead of getting you know a middling prospect or financial savings from that trade because because Scherzer's actual trade value with that contract I think we saw is limited if you don't pay it down um they paid it down to the tune of like I think what was it 35 million dollars is their total amount they're sending out um, and whatever portion you want to uh, include of that is is basically buying Luis Angel Acuna. That to me is fascinating because no other team is operating in that space in terms of willingness to put in that amount of money um, for that cal- to get that caliber of prospect. Well, I mean, and that's what we said. Yeah. They, he wants they want it to be a farm system in New York, much like the Dodgers have created that goes along with high level spending. Um, and I think this is sort of the first step towards getting there. Uh, this is uh, the Justin Verlander quote that uh, makes you kind of think that he's, I don't want to say he's advocating to get traded, but he's, he's definitely open to the idea. Um, like I said, I, I think it largely depends on, on how the organization views next year. I, I mean, I think Max is a tough sign, um, you know, for, 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 trying to go back at it like like happened this year um you know i um so uh yeah i i uh, i guess i'm like i said i'm i'm committed to trying to win a championship here but if if the organization decides that that's not exactly the direction that they think is best fit to go for next year and go for it again then um yeah i would be more open to it he can't um, he can't even say committed to a championship no. for next year without laughing well, no, I mean, but he said he said exactly what I just said. He said exactly what I just said. It depends on what you think is going to happen next year. What do you want to do? You want to be good next year? And you think I'm a part of that? Why wouldn't I be? That's what you signed me up to be a part of. So make your moves around around me now. But if that's not the case, then please, I'm on the table. Send me somewhere. Uh, Pete Alonzo um, was not super pumped about the Max Scherzer trade, which kind of makes you wonder, you know, what's going on in that 
Mets clubhouse right now. Pete, what's your reaction to the news of the Scherzer trade? Um, honestly, honestly shocked. Um, shocked. Yeah, shocked. When did you find out? Um, I mean, there was a lot of like rumblings about it before the game. And, uh, I mean, it felt kind of real. Uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't official, but, uh, he wasn't, Max wasn't around the clubhouse and, uh, I didn't really see him around today. So that's when I know it was like, oh man, like this is, this is legit. This isn't just like clickbait or anything like that, that you see. But this, yeah, as soon as I didn't see Max around the clubhouse, I was like, as soon as I heard him, like, there's no way. And and then I didn't see him. I was kind of like, kind of like looking for him. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is legit then if I haven't seen him around. So. Yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, it's a loss for us for sure. Um I mean obviously having a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer uh get traded away stinks. He's a he's a good friend of mine. He's a great teammate and yeah, Texas is going to really love having him. Interesting. Pete Alonso's got a little bit of a golden retriever brain, it feels like. He's just like over here and he's over there and he's over here. Yeah, he, he seems like uh he seems like he's just like a Innocent little puppy dog brain. It's cute. <laughs> Joe, your thoughts on that? I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a crazy. It was a crazy trade. It was crazy. You know, trade a guy like that who's so paying him so much money. We'll see who the Mets get. I mean, it's not a total L for the Mets. I mean, you know, you're disappointed that. You got these two pitchers you thought you were going to be like the best team in the league. So that's disappointing, obviously, but that's already happened. At least you got, you know, an Acuna and someone else who, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't know who the other guy is, but if you get an Acuna, that's probably, that's a good sign. I just, I mean, I go back to the World Baseball Classic when Edwin Diaz goes down and I tweeted out, like, man, Mets fans are freaking the fuck out right now saying the season's over. And if your season's over because one guy goes down, then you you don't have a good team to begin with. And the Mets are still a good team. I, now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> this was this was in March for the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, and now, and now they're kind of like in a weird in-between where it's like you did go all in for Scherzer and Verlander, but it wasn't like you weren't in before them. You know, you still got Lindor and Alonzo, and didn't they sign McNeil? Like you got Nimmo. a lot of these guys Nimmo. signed up. Yeah. Nemo. So it's not like a full rebuild, but if you're trading the two top guys, like, are you just going to suck now? Then you might have to trade more guys. I don't think the Mets are going to trade all their guys because they're going to, seems like Cohen wants to compete every year. So they are in a very weird, weird spot. Weird. It is. A weird I think spot. it could be, I think it could be a point where he decides, I mean, if Verlander moves, it could be him saying, you know what? Okay. Fair enough. Maybe going the, the way of the elder ace. Wasn't what we should have done. But I mean, Verlander's kind of dispelling that because of how he's throwing the baseball right now. But it's tough to, you know, hide away from the injury or whatever. Um, the latest update is uh, this is from SNY. With just over 30 hours to go before the trade deadline, the Mets are not in deep talks with any team about Justin Verlander, but they are still listening. I just. I want to go back to something Dallas said quickly about the elder ace thing maybe being a mistake. Like I, I, I'm going to push back on that again because we cannot erase Max Scherzer's 2022 season. Like that. No, I'm, t- I'm just telling. I'm just telling you where Steve. I'm. I'm not. We. We had that conversation. I'm not dispelling the the production at all. I'm saying maybe that's what he is thinking in his head. And I also it, think is 
And if I also he moves think the beauty of those the beauty of those contracts was always that it's a mistake you can wipe away if need be, right? And what we just saw is is that instead of paying the a pitcher next season that you didn't think was going to put you over the top, they paid to get one of the guys who is maybe the best prospect in their system now. Yeah. Which is the whole point of the Scherzer trade. And I would assume that if they can execute something similar in a Justin Verlander trade, they will attempt to do exactly that uh, in that sort of trade. And, and again, this is all like, I hate to say, like, you gotta, you just gotta realize whose pool you're swimming in here. This is Steve Cohen's pool you're swimming in. So the 30 plus million dollars that essentially he's covering and paying to get the prospect back, that means nothing to him. All right. Regardless of what you or I or anybody else in baseball values that move, the fact that Steve Cohen woke up today with that organization's best prospect, he's moved on from one guy and he's given the dollars to do so. He's okay. He's fine. He's totally cool with it. I mean, not not probably 100% because he'd like to be in a different position. He'd like Scherzer to be pitching well on a team that's being competitive, not fucking almost 20 games out of the division. I think that would probably be a better spot to be if you're Steve Cohen. Jay, hey, in your estimation, is there a path to the Mets uh, getting back to not just the postseason, because I feel like that's somewhat of a low bar, uh, but like World Series contention? Is that something that the Mets can do next year? No. So you no, would trade I think Justin Verlander then? I would. Yes, I think if Scherzer is going to go, I probably would trade Justin Verlander and attempt to execute a similar deal where I'm getting a prospect who is not a million years away and who might actually be a contributor in the next two or three seasons. Because um, Joey brought up a good point that we've talked about. Like, it, it is not a roster that's ready for a full teardown. Um, like, I just don't see them trading Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso and completely nuking this team. There's been no sense that that's the case, but there's zero. Like, I. I their World Series chances, as currently constructed, if you remove Justin Verlander and take basically this roster in the next season with incremental upgrades elsewhere, would be a like fringe, I think a fringe wild card contender. We would have to consider them to be the fourth best team in their own division at that point, right? Mm. Yeah. Right? Like only better than the Nationals. Um, and their path to the division is basically completely choked off. Um, if this is for now, if this is the path that they're going to take, which immediately diminishes your title odds. So, no, I don't think I don't think this is a quick fix. I think if your goal is 85 wins, it could be a quick fix. Like, I think they could be decent to good next year. I don't think they're capable of being great. That I mean, wow. A lot of people owe Frank Fleming an apology. <laughs> A lot of people owe Frank Fleming an apology because he was way ahead on this one. They went from a hundred and what one hundred one wins to this to we don't know what they're going to be next year. I I can't imagine Steve Cohen is going to sit idly by uh, after seeing the the reaction to this season after all the pomp and circumstance coming into this year to see what they became this year. Uh, that's got to be embarrassing, and and you're not going to convince me that Steve Cohen doesn't have a competitive edge or an ego on him. Of course he does. I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's Steinbrenner 2.0, and that he's going to rule with an iron fist and uh, you know fire Buck Showalter just well, to hire him back six more times. But whoa, you think he is going to fire? Him? No, I was going to say that I think our, the if putting aside Mets fans themselves, the greatest 
baseball tragedy that could come of this is if we lose Buck Showalter because the Mets sucked this year. Yeah, the game is better with Buck Showalter managing for lots of different reasons, in my opinion. And, uh, dude, when they were going well, his press conferences play; they play really yeah. well. Um, and I hope we don't lose those because he's what he's part of a generation of manager that we just really don't have in the game anymore. And for that's like whatever. That's a very small footnote on this whole thing. But it, since you brought it up, that's exactly what I was thinking. I hope we don't lose Buck. I agree. I. I can't sit here and tell you that I think his job isn't in jeopardy. I mean, when you go from 101 wins to this and the roster and the expectations, of course, there's going to be some sort of looming danger as it, as it pertains to your job security. But I don't think that Buck is the problem. Uh, it was a somewhat flawed roster construction uh, mixed with underperformance mixed with injury issues. I mean, it's there's no one thing that you can point your finger at and say, this is why the Mets season ended where it did. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to trade Justin Verlander. Not necessarily that it, it, it's a... Um, you, you take the best offer you can get because I do think that there will be a team desperate enough to be like, you know what? If that's the asking price, here you go. Uh, we, we've seen it already with, with Max Scherzer. I, if, if you're going to choose one or the other, who would you rather have in your rotation? They cost the same from a financial standpoint. You'd probably pick Justin Verlander. The asking price is probably higher because of how well he's pitched as of late. Uh, and he's been super, super linked to the Houston Astros. They are a team that needs to add in that regard, especially with the emergence of the Texas Rangers, not just this whole season, but like, look at what they've done so far. I mean, they, they might not be done as far as trade deadline acquisitions go. Uh, so the Astros have to respond. They were already better than you already ahead of you. And then they upgraded. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a foregone conclusion, but is there, is there a team that comes in and is more aggressive than the Astros for Justin Verlander? Well, I mean, the, the the recent heat seems to be on the Dodgers, uh, who I know you brought up. But the mm. the interesting thing to me is like, I, I to me you can't not trade Justin Verlander. I, I mean, if you can't, you can if you like if you hate the offers. But trading one ace and not the other is a half measure, and I just don't understand that. Like to me now, you have an opportunity to like you don't. First of all, you're the Mets. Second of all, you're in the National League. You don't have to undergo some six-year rebuild right now. Like You can get back into the playoff hunt with a pretty quick turnaround here, potentially, if you juice this the correct way and trading Verlander and Scherzer at what could be the height of their remaining value. Like As Dallas said, Justin Verlander is pitching very well right now. Like he's Everybody's only getting older, right? But his, his getting older is a little bit more pressing given his age. And, I, and you have the pressure of the trade deadline. That, to me, adds up to a situation where Verlander pretty much has to go. Um, and to what extent that pushes the Mets forward, I guess we'll have to wait to see. But, you know, as we're seeing in the NL this year, you, if you if you're if you can win 88 games, you can get into the playoffs and that gives you a chance. Right. So, like you asked me that title contender question on paper. No, I don't think there'll be a true blue contender in this era again. But that doesn't mean that you can't get into the playoffs and have a magical run like we saw with the Phillies last year or something like that. Like it's I I think we're we need to adjust our our mental 
timeframes, or at least I do, about how long a rebuild or a retooling should take, particularly in the NL. Especially how it's looking right now with like every everyone wanting a pitcher and the asking price being so high. Like it seems to be the time right now. If you want to trade someone, now's the time to do it and you can get a lot of guys back. Seems like that's what the Mets should do if I was the Mets. I'm not the Mets. I would never be the Mets. <laughs> but we would never ask you to be. That's also just kind of speaks to my next point about how I know the Mets and their fans are not the most sympathetic figures um however do you not feel for them like like they had to go through the Wilpon era uh which was a disaster and it was frustrating and it was a lot of false promises just to have this beacon of hope in steve cohen and i'm not blaming steve cohen uh but the steve cohen era was a beacon of hope things were going to change things were going to be different and for whatever reason, well, it has not turned out that way so far. It's still early. It's still early. But it's, for, but it's for different reasons. It's for different. Like, you're not looking at management going, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you making something happen? Why don't you care? Like, that's not the bitch. That's not the gripe. That's not the beef. So it's just <clears throat> now it's results oriented, which does suck because the effort has been there. You are getting everything that you didn't feel like you were getting before. And you're just not getting the results now. And so it now feels like a fucking pile on. Well, and also, like, yes, uh, it, it is a buzzkill for sure, because the, the window seemed to close or slam shut so much faster than anybody could have hoped or predicted, except for maybe Frank, who I'm not giving credit. Um, the, uh, but, but like the 101 win season is basically a greater achievement in a lot of ways than anything other than maybe the World Series appearance uh, that the Wilpons achieved, right? So like that did happen. And to your point about how nothing's changed, I know that's not really what you meant, but like the purchase of Luis Angel Acuna is a change in and of itself. Like that never happens under the Wilpons. It's never even a consideration under the Wilpons. And like somebody on Twitter, I think, reminded me that we're like, we are six or seven years ago to the day or something like that of when the Mets basically did a sell off and got exclusively cash considerations for the people that they were se- selling off because getting extra cash was the prim- uh, primary interest for the Wilpons as opposed to sending out cash to get the best possible prospect. So like, I get it. That's a, that's a very specific silver lining for Mets fans who were hoping for a World Series championship uh, sooner rather than later. But I still think the but those are moves. Those are moves that lead to that. Yeah, those are I, moves that lead to that, though. Like little stuff like that. Like I'm not saying that in three years that he's going to be the MVP like Mr. Pena. But damn it, if he's not, like how how cool would that be, right? There's the Mets are much more of a long, medium, and long term threat as a franchise under Steve Cohen than they would have been or were under the Wilpons. Whether that results in a World Series, I, I don't know. There's lots of great franchises and great runs that didn't result in World Series, but um, it does suck because they were really good last year. Like that team could have won the World Series. 
I feel like if you're a Mets fan listening right now, that's the last thing you want to hear. Well, I don't really care. That's <laughs> not what I'm. That's not what bag. I'm. I'm not yeah. thinking about what they want to hear. I'm thinking about yeah. what how I actually feel about the team and what objectively was true. Yeah, if no, you win a hundred fucking games, you can win the World Series. Mm-hmm. They ran up against, I guess, better teams. Like there were other you win really three games, you can win the World Series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. Which I mean, maybe that's the path they'll try and take now. Bad <laughs> news is that they won. Dude, to win 101 games, like that was probably the worst thing ever that could happen. Like that's a 101 win season. That's the worst 101 win season of all time. Just how they <laughs> lost the division. Right. Because they and then they the good news out. is for the Mets fans is that luckily for them, they already knew the season was over in March during the WBC. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel bad for them at all. They already knew the season was over in March. They did say that because of that fake tournament. So you guys are right. A lot of people did say that. Um, Anyways, uh, the weekend headlines every Monday episode presented by DirecTV, home to the most local MLB games. Shout out to DirecTV uh, for coming in hot with the weekend headlines. We got we got more weekend stories to get to you first, but we, we do have the baseball's dead parlay that I believe went 0 for 4 last week. Or is that the week before? Are, are, are we going to get to the Rangers side on the other side of this? Yeah. OK, OK. I just want to make sure. Yeah, uh, baseball yeah, fans, you could be over four. Baseball fans, you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Kansas. Call one 800 522 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Last week, we went 0 for 4. So no one has pulled ahead in terms of individual (laughs) podcaster winning percentage. We all lose. But this week, that's going to change. This week, that's going to change because I have a winner. Um, And I'm very excited to announce my first time, I think, ever placing a wager 
on a newly crowned Baines meter crosser. Christian Yelich, uh, two plus total bases. He's going up against. Um, who are they going up against? So that Jake Irvin, the Nats, uh, who is, is got he's basically got a five ERA. And I was looking at the numbers today. Christian Yelich against right handed pitching this year. He's hitting 303 with a 526 slugging percentage. That is good for 12th in Major League Baseball, uh, a 924 OPS against right handed pitching. So Christian Yelich, two plus total bases is my pick. That's a great pick. I love Thank that you. pick. Thank you. Can I go next? Because it, yes. it dovetails off that. Please. Um, you brought up Baines. I was actually, I'm so confident this week that I'm actually going to issue my Harold Baines runner on third with less than two outs lock of the week, which wow. is. Yeah. 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 The Milwaukee Brewers winning the game that you're talking about against the Nationals. Moneyline wow. minus 205. That's my pick. Wow. The Bob guarantee. <laughs> Baines have good numbers in that situation. I'd, I'd love to know Three, that. 354 career hitter. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. That's a lock. I'll give you another lock right now. Okay. And that would be Mr. Jordan Alvarez back and ready to act. Gets a hit today off Syndergaard. Okay. Lock it. Noah Syndergaard and his seven and a half ERA going up against Jordan Alvarez. I like the matchup. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of swinging it, I just left the Mile High City and watched the fucking swinging Oz put it on the Colorado Rockies. Again, records out the window, boys and girls. Records out the window. When you watch the offense burst like it did from the swinging motherfucking A's. Uh, You're you really going to ruin the parlay? With the San Diego Padres going uh, into Colorado uh, Rocco okay. and scoring over six and a half runs. Pipe the fuck down, pal. I'm not done. And if you looked at the schedule, you'd realize the Oakland A's have a <laughs> fucking off day. Thanks for participating, though. I mean, yeah, no. What an outlandish thought to think that Dallas would bet on the A's. That, that uh, have I done it? Well, well, I mean, just if you're paying attention, if you're uh, paying woo. attention. Have Ooh, I done crazy it? Have I, have I have I done it on this podcast? Yeah. Once? Yes, you have. No, no. no. Yes, you I have. May have. I I may have bet on Estuary Ruiz to steal bases. Wait, what team is he on? Uh, no, no, no. See, those are two very different things, which is why you get player props and you get team props. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, that's right. Is that Dallas making sense again? Son of a bitch. Not really. No. I, yeah. What are you talking about? Not really. Because if you preface it by saying, oh, the swinging A's, blah, 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 then, then you can just bet on, like, Brent Rooker. Oh, no, that that's you. That, that, did, he go? did he go? Yeah, he did. He did. That's you just being a little little anxious out there to critique the I'm pick. Just trying, you trying to get a win. You know what was coming. That's all. Nope, just trying to get a win is all. Just trying that's to all. win. I feel, like, I feel like we got a good parlay this week. Um, Trying to get a win. Trying to get back on the horse. That's it. <sighs> Jake, punch those in. We'll get it up on the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app so that you, the listener, you can every Monday bet with the baseball is dead parlay. Uh, just know that mine's going to hit. Just know that. And we'll get there when we get there. On the Texas Rangers side of things now, I guess we can parlay 
the mm. Scherzer trade into a Jordan Montgomery discussion as well. Mm. Wow. Uh, Eager, here's the bag. Jacob DeGrom, here's the bag. They are loading up. And this deadline, they said, well, uh, we have some information that you don't, and that's that Nathan Avaldi, our ace, the uh, holder of the second lowest ERA in the game, uh, he's going to hit the IL, so we need to do something about that. The fact, like, I, I guess... I want to have a positive discussion about the Texas Rangers right now because of the deadline that they're having. But uh, to any of you, doesn't it seem like the Nathan Avaldi injury is a little bit more concerning if they go out and get two frontline guys? Um, well, concerning, I, uh, you don't want to read into it, but I mean, they are, they are clearly addressing voids that they know are extremely important moving down the line. And this is coming from an organization who got a small taste, just a fucking sliver of what it was going to be like to have a guy like a DeGrom spearheading this effort. So without that, and now you're losing this guy, Evaldi, the way he's been throwing the rock, you 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 know. I mean, this is Bruce Bochy saying, boys, and this is Chris Young in the front office going, I got you, Skip. Uh, we understand. We get it. So yes. It's telling to an extent because you hear forearm strain, you hear ulnar anything, you hear anything with the like bo- elbow below, and your brain just goes to a not so great place. I, and you're always hoping that that's not the case, but that's what they're that's their reality right now. So how do you remember what I said about the Rangers very early on? I said the quicker that they can move on from life without Degrom, the better served they're going to be. Instead of trying to him haw around it and patchwork it until he's going to be there, the, the minute that they can just decide that they're not going to have him and attack from that point, the better they're going to be. And it has served them well. And this is just another layer to that. I'm not asking them to forget about Evaldi and drop him off at the fucking bus stop, but I'm saying you have clearly got an idea of what you need moving forward, and they went and got it. Well, and I think it's it's partially about Evaldi, and I think it's also partially about the fact that they have made the decision or identified that they probably don't want Martin Perez and or Andrew Heaney starting making those big postseason games for them, right? Like you will probably see both of them in the rotation for big chunks of the remainder of the season. But I think they said that regardless of Evaldi, who will be pitching in the postseason for us, if he's healthy, we need better pitchers and credit to them. Like this is one of the storylines that we've been talking about the longest this season that the Rangers needed to go out and get starting pitching. And I think they landed two of the five or six highest impact potential starting pitchers. Like, I don't think Jordan Montgomery is a great pitcher, but he has been a very good one this year. And he's been pitching his best, what, two and a half ERA over his last 11 starts. Um, And there's some pitch usage trends with his sinker that leads you to believe that maybe he's found something leaning into that more than he ever has before. So, like, and check out the change piece, too, Jay. Hey, the change piece has been a little better this year for him. I mean, I don't want to say uh, maybe even a lot better for him. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even saying it was better. Like the sinker's just been used more. Like the, the changeup may yeah. be the effectiveness thing, but like to me, I, I just really uh, I love what Texas did, and I love that they seized the moment. And I think that, um, you know, the development of some of their youngest players in the major leagues, like Young and Duran and some other guys, 
gave them confidence to go out and trade a top prospect to help the team win now because they know that they have those guys as core pieces in their lineup moving forward. So I I think it's if you can push aside the the Mets the dis, the bad taste in the Mets mouth, like I think there is a win-win element to this trade. I would say that that's the most logical and level-headed way that I've heard that deal broken down. <laughs> I, I don't know that anyone that has a direct tie to the trade feels that way. Um, but the, the, the truth is, there should be a, a win-win element to it. Uh, I, I know that more so on the Mets fan side of things, uh, if, if you're still coming down from last year, and that division race and the early exit from the postseason and the uh, all the hype from not just the the moves that were actually made, but just, you know, we both know Kevin Clancy very well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having seen his reaction just to Steve Cohen getting there, just to getting the Will Ponds out, uh, they those Mets fans were riding high. And to go from that experience to where the situation is right now without really having like a ton of time to celebrate, you know, like, cause even, even the 101 win season, it wasn't even like, yeah, like we still have this, this dominant run to a division tie. Like they still had the, the embarrassment of the collapse. Like <laughs> yep. they couldn't even enjoy a 101 win season. It's all, it's, it feels like a curse where it's, yeah, we'll, we'll give you 101. What if I told you that we'll get the will ponds out and we'll get someone in that's going to spend a fuck ton of money and you're going to win 101 games in 2022. How's that sound? Sounds that's, fucking awesome. Guess what? It was miserable. <laughs> I, and I don't I don't blame any Mets fan who doesn't want to get overly excited or invested about the idea of the prospect they just acquired in the Max Scherzer trade. Right. That's fine. That's maybe not for the end of July. Maybe that's for this offseason. Maybe that's for once the dust settles and you realize how some of this money might be reallocated or what their plan is this offseason. And you see the type of season that Acuna put together in 2023, which right now looks exceedingly promising. Um, And you realize they might be closer to the major leagues than perhaps was initially thought to start this season. Then you can start to get excited. But I, I, I that's fine. They don't have to get excited now or be happy about it. But to me, this deal makes a lot of sense for both clubs. Um, and I'm happy that the Rangers kind of up the ante in the AL West and in the AL overall. Quick note, we're going to have to stop calling him Acuna. That's going to piss me off. <laughs> well, I don't know how much we're going to be talking about him after this podcast. So I think... Not for a little bit. Yeah. If it becomes an issue in 24 or 25, then maybe... How old is he? 19? Big, big and little, something like that. No, I think he's like 21. I think he's older oh. than... Yeah, he's... I, what is he in double A? I want to say. I think it's pretty. He's not like some far off guy. Um, mm. But that is going to be funny, Joe. There's two Acunas in the same division race. How are you going to handle well, that? Well, we got we got some time to think of a, a new name. <laughs> a new name. <laughs> I'm still hoping he gets moved again. I I wouldn't want to see an Acuna on the Mets. Yeah, especially especially the legit brother. Of Ronald Acuna, not just oh, Looks- they share a same last name. How wonky is that? It's like no, no, no. This is this is his brother, and he he could be better than him. <laughs> I don't, he could be better than him. I think mm-hmm. when Ronald Acuna was twenty one, he was like a MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Some guys Rosen, are late. Little bros in double A. 
Mm-hmm. Late bloomer, hey. Yeah. Some guys didn't really gonna turn have to it show on me a little more. until their late 30s, like Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Some guys don't find it until their age 36. <laughs> well, then that's got something to look forward to in 2036. <laughs> little Cooney is going to be up there making noise. Yeah. That's, that's going to be great. Um, Jordan Montgomery also traded to the Rangers. Uh, the Cardinals. Cardinal, I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Cardinals because they're telling us, uh, here goes Hicks, here goes Montgomery. We're gonna keep, we're gonna keep uh, Nolan Arenado. Which you know, when you look at the the contract situations of these guys, it's like, all right, yeah, Hicks, he'll be fine. Like he'll he's gonna hit free agency. Montgomery, he wasn't a a core piece over here. He wasn't homegrown. He's gonna be up at the end of the year here. We'll trade him over there, but. Is it a mistake to hang on to Nolan Arenado, which is what we're being told that they they do not intend to trade Nolan? I I, I just I'm yes I don't I don't know because I don't know where the future of this pitching staff comes from. Like, what does this team? Because also like Flaherty, next- free agent at the end of the year, has not been dealt yet, but he's also going to walk at the end of the year. Yeah, and and hasn't been great. Like none of like no. That's the thing. Like, if Miles Michaelis is your best pitcher, I just don't know. It just feels like this Cardinals team, the the, the whole unit, has kind of is like a train that ran out of steam, right? Like, yeah, Adam Wainwright, forty something years old, like yeah, yeah, like it's gonna be a complete overhaul of their rotation from one year to the next. Yeah, I think Wainwright gave like a full half decade of effective pitching longer than I thought he would, but it's pretty clear at this point that he's toast. Like Steven Matz has been a un, an ineffective free agent signing. Like I just, to, it's always easier for me or you or someone to say yes, trade the guy and tear it down and whatever. But I just don't know what this team looks like around Goldschmidt and Arenado, particularly on the on the pitching side and defensively. They've been fucking. Ter- they've been like maybe the worst team in baseball this year, depending on how Doesn't you measure they have like defense. A negative d- defensive run saved. Nolan, what's who? Nolan. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't saying he's been the worst. I'm saying oh. uh, that. Well, just the like Cardinals as a defense, whole, like if you if you want to talk about defense in the St. Louis Cardinals, you'd be like, oh yeah, like we get a platinum Glover over there in the hot corner. But yeah, I'm no, pretty sure he like the the defensive statistics have not loved Nolan this year. And the team wide defensive statistics, just like the very simple stat of what percentage of batted balls do you turn into outs? They are the worst team in the league by far, and one of the worst teams over the last decade or two in that regard. So like. They don't get to baseballs very well. Um, and I just, the we've said this so many times, the bar is so low in the in the central that like, I don't think this team need, uh, needs to undergo a full-on re- rebuild or revamping. But I just don't understand how they're like a championship caliber club with the pitching that's currently in-house. Um, and if trading Arenado can help you balance this team out a little bit, or lengthen the runway a little bit for this team, then then maybe that's your best path towards doing so. I don't know. I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys, and I feel like there might be some people listening that are gonna say, "Why aren't the Padres included in this particular uh, question?" But I do have a note in the show notes today about are the San Diego Padres back based on what they did this past weekend. So I'll ask you guys the question without the Padres being included. What team, based on what we saw from them last year, has disappointed you the most this year? Between the Mets, 
and the Cardinals and the Yankees. Like, what team has been the most, um, the gap between expectation and result? Who has the largest gap, I suppose? I think that would be the Cardinals. Well, I mean, expectation and result between the the Cardinals and the Yankees. Because what are are the Yankees' expectations every year, right? Whether they're realistic or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are in last place. They are in last place, not to pile on. Uh, so are the St. Louis Cardinals. That's to me, idea. it's got to be the Padres. Still, got to be. Still, the Padres. They're the only team of the of this group that I, I think me and if any of you are being honest, you guys were actually excited about to start the season. We yeah. were not excited about the Yankees. Nobody gives a fuck about the Cardinals because it's the same team basically every year, and you're just like they're going to roll out the ball and win the NL Central. Like that's that's how that works. Well, that's part of expectation. That's part of sure. expectation. For sure, I'm not saying they haven't been disappointed in last like, place. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I think the hype on the Padres was as much as the rest of those teams combined. And well, wasn't, while they we might be the Padres, right? No, but he's yeah, but saying the Padres. The Padres right now they're they're two games under 500. They swept Yankees the weekend over 500. series. Yeah, and don't, and don't let the Fernando Tis slash LeBron James skit get to you, Jay Hay. Like, don't let that be the you know. Like, yes, I'll agree. We were all. Very excited about what the Padres were putting together and what that lineup could look like. And I was the one who said, let's all remind ourselves that there's going to be a litany of stars in that room. And not all of them are going to want to put on sunglasses to prevent the other one from shining. Some are just going to want to shine brighter and say, fuck the sunglasses. And uh, whether or not that's been the case Mm. at times, I don't know. Um, But yes, expectation, absolutely there. to, to me, it had nothing to do with the how many championships press conference or whatever. Like, I didn't I didn't give a fuck that they did that. I don't I, I it didn't impact my expectations at all. What I was looking forward to was seeing this group of four or five players with that rotation play on the field together in that like in that stadium and in that setting. And maybe I'm being unfair, but it doesn't feel like any of it doesn't feel like all four of them or three of the four of them have been playing good baseball at the same time at any point this season. And it just doesn't feel like it hasn't been the viewing experience and the excitement level that I thought we were going to get from the San Diego Padres putting that team together. It feels undeniable. Well, Blake, Blake Snell and Gary Sanchez are playing well together. Mm-hmm. All right. Hasa Kim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, 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 you just dispel that. Right, so we get to see Blake Snell once every fifth day. And Musgrove has been great, too. Nobody was excited about this team because of Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove. They were excited because of Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, and Xander Bogarts. And you Kim's defense is second. That was like a big selling defense. point, and he's lived up to it. You can't he's tell been me what the best player on the team. Excited. I can't put the Padres in that category because I think the Padres still have a shot to make the playoffs, whereas the Mets and Cardinals have zero shot. I think it's definitely between those teams. The Mets, I'd probably say they're the most disappointing just because I think their expectations were up there as oh, like yeah. one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. They were the World Series contenders. They were going to win it all. Cardinals, a little bit. I think the Cardinals are disappointing just because they're in a shit division and are literally in last place, even though they have a roster that's way better than everyone else's, are in last place. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think everyone was picking the Cardinals to be in the World Series. The Mets had a lot of picks. And to go out and pay Verlander, I guess it's really only one major 
free agent signing. But yeah, to have those two guys and be where they're at and have to trade them. Call me bias. Mets suck Ho- ass. Call you Javi bias. Mm. <laughs> they could use they could use Javi bias. <laughs> Maybe that's a trade. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of agree with Joey in the sense that the the Padres aren't out of it. Like in the conversation of the the biggest gap between expectation They're and result. Nine and a half out of the wild card, right? No. Five, I think. Or five out of the wild card, sorry. Yes. Yeah, they they've won three straight. They're playing better baseball. There's uh two months of baseball left. Pirates. Um they haven't they haven't done anything yet, trade deadline wise, right? No, they haven't done anything. Who the Padres? No. no. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, they've done nothing of note. So fourth in their own division. Yeah. Yeah. They're still breathing. It's like, the Pirates they, who are nine and a half out. The yeah, Cardinals. No. Anybody, the Cardinals anybody, and the Mets are no anybody breathe, they, anybody they breathing knew that the Pirates were going to fade. Hope, oh, I hey. hope we don't have audio of anybody getting on the Pirates bandwagon. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be good for the, the best of 2023. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to hear that April podcast content. Paul <laughs> 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 <Ball> Schemes. <laughs> yeah. You had no idea that the rough seas of 2023 were going to bring you the best farm system in baseball and oh that belongs God. to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They would have had Paul fucking Skeens even if That's they were right. successful this year. That had nothing Suck to do with it. Suck it, Jay Hay. Suck it. I was determined Best off of last year's record. Baseball. Dick. 0.3% are their current playoff odds. That is very low. That's bottom of the ocean low. <laughs> no. It's not Mariana Trench low. That's that's one percent lower than the Cardinals. <laughs> it's all right. Who just Cards traded are still off pecking most of around? <laughs> Cards are still pecking around. Are the Pirates going to let Andrew McCutcheon go? Can we get him to a contender? The reunion's I, I think over. He wants to, the good feelings. I think are he over. wants to ride it out. I think uh, he wants to ride it out in, in the bird. God, he does. He wants to be like the captain of that Titanic who shuts himself in the room and then just lets the glass like. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Why are you hating the man for it? I'm not, I'm not hating him. <laughs> just we should get him back to the postseason. Get him on a better, better situation than that absolute shithole. Maybe he likes it. <laughs> absolute shithole. <laughs> Uh, Corey Graves is throwing out the first pitch at some point soon. Nice. Pirates still get that to look forward to. Yeah, that guy. That guy was actually the one of the most measured guys about the Pirates that we we talked to. He was like, <laughs> "Careful." <laughs> God, I, we brought on the Pirates guy to be hyped on the Pirates. He's like, "I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm not getting too pumped on that." Yeah, he's like, he's like Dallas. I don't. I I really don't know how you do it. You know, you're a <laughs> you're a brave guy. Yeah. <laughs> well. I was talking pirates. Did not expect the pirates to come up in the uh, the trade deadline recap here, but uh, the Chicago Cubs have told teams we are not trading Cody Bellinger uh, after 
Good. Weeks. Weeks of speculation that Cody Bellinger was. I mean, the Yankees think that they're trained for everyone. They've traded for no one, uh, which is similar in free agency. They were going to they were going to sign like Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Justin Verlander, Edwin Diaz. Like they're going to sign all those guys. They signed nobody. Um, so look, I, I, I got hold on before we get into this, this. This this is something that has bothered me for a long time, and I just don't understand it. What? I just can't wrap my head around it. As a front office, why, oh, why, oh, why would you ever tell anybody else that somebody is off the market at a time like this, especially a guy like Cody Bellinger right now? But why would you ever, ever say, no, you know what? I don't even want to hear what you might offer. I don't even want to have, I, I don't want any clue as to what you might be willing to part ways well, with. I don't want to know any of that about you and your organization. I don't Nope. No, thanks. Don't you already know the answer to your own question, Dallas. You say a guy is off the table. It's like, no, 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 we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And then you get a team and be like, but come on. Like, what? If, well, all right, fine, fine, fine. What if we throw in this part? Like, that's, you know how that shit but works. How many, like, how many, give me, no give me an example. Give me the example of that guy, though, that a team has taken a public stance on like that getting moved. Uh, that's unfair. I mean, on I the spot, the I can't like no one like comes to mind, but it's definitely happened where a team has been like, nope, we're not doing it. Just kidding. Like, like, traded. Yeah, like I, that's what I'm, I'm not. And I'm talking about like at the deadline because I lived it. When they the Oakland A's told Nick Swisher, oh, like, uh, fucking like, Josh Donaldson, perfect example. Billy Bean, hey, stop calling about Josh Donaldson. We're not doing it. Uh, they Billy Bean told the Red Sox he ain't no, no, not trading Josh Donaldson. Three days later, Josh Donaldson, it, you are a Toronto Blue Jay. Yeah, well, you understand why also. So you, well, he fucking hates the Red and, Sox. No, 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 no. They're yes, like in, unless. When, no, no, no. I'm not saying that Billy Bean doesn't hate the Red Sox. Why would Billy hate the Red Sox? Because uh, they didn't hire him. Um, see, I, I, I'm you just see money we, can't, we can't do this. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't yeah. want This is not <laughs> no, the point. I don't, no, no one cares. Well, it's because I, because I believe that I'm not sure that you quite have all of the information you need. No, I saw Moneyball, dude. Well, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> Obviously not. If you saw yeah. Moneyball, you'd know yeah. Yeah. the story, which is probably, man, who knows if it's real. He yeah. turned down the Sox because he said the yeah. Sox suck ass. That's not true. No, they immediately like, won the World Series, and Billy Bean has never won one. Yeah, there, there's just there's a, there's ahead. a lot of facts and on a lot trade. of things that would go, go on into. The trade stuff. Yeah, so that's it's just inaccurate. No, no, that's but not I mean, the the, the, hold on. The real answer to the question, I I don't know why I have to be the clubhouse guy here, Dallas. Isn't it because they're trying to inspire some level of belief and confidence, or send a message? To the people that are playing for the Cubs right now that, hey, this is a team that we will add to if you keep winning or we will consider not pairing off if you keep winning. Like that seemed to be the message to me, like whether that's bullshit or not is probably a coin flip. But that seems well, to be you, like the PR messaging here, doesn't it? You, you do that. <clears throat> you send that message by bringing somebody in. So it's one thing to okay. say, hey, this guy's not this guy's not going right. It's one thing to say that. But that's how the front office relationship works is you guys put us in a position to make a move and bolster what we've got going on here. Then by all means, we will do that. But you guys also need to understand in that room, if you aren't winning games and you aren't putting forth the type of baseball that says we can support that and we start to fall out of a place where we can compete, 
well, then we're going to have to look towards the future. And you guys understand that as well. So that's that the distinction. Been, that's the distinction between this and the Angels situation, because the Angels came out and said, we're not trading Otani a week before the deadline. But that was coupled with the Giolito trade, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So so that's that's how you send that message, Jay, to your point. Like, like <laughs> is Bellinger Shohei Otani? Are the guys in the club's clubhouse going to be up in arms if Bellinger leaves the way that Shohei Otani, like the impact, we don't even need to have that discussion, right? We don't even need to have that discussion. So to have those guys come in solidifies what Artie Moreno and the whole Angels franchise is trying to do, which is tell Shohei that we will commit to this winning effort that you desire. We're going to show you by keeping you, and we're going to show you by bringing guys in. Well, that's, uh, well, I guess the other question is if they're going to go out there and say, we're not trading Cody Bellinger, why haven't they said anything about Marcus Stroman? If you're, if the whole point is we're sending a message like, Hey, we're going for it. Like we want to rally up the the boys in the clubhouse by saying we're not trading Bellinger because we're going for it. Why hasn't Marcus Stroman gotten the same protection from the organization? Who's that question for? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. I well, I, I mean, that's 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 why yeah. I said that's why I said what I said about the messaging. That's why I answered Jay Hayes' question the way I did is because them coming out and being vocal isn't necessarily, in my opinion, a protection of Cody Bellinger or a reinforcement to the clubhouse. Because now you're asking, well, why aren't you, why aren't you posterizing Stroh in that regard? Why aren't you sending that message publicly? Because that's not what they're trying to do. Does he get that's moved? That's well, why, I'm, again, to my point, why would a front office ever come out and say, no, thanks, we're not interested on hearing anything you have to say? That just no has one, always No one actually me. is doing that, though. Like, no one is so like, then hey, why? So uh, then, like I said, I mean, we've talked about this. Like, I'm just going to not even take this call. Like, they're all taking the call. Well, they, they all feel compelled to, to talk about not taking the calls. So yeah. that's why, I mean, it causes the gray area, too. Like, okay, what are we doing with Stroh then? So then, no, in your mind, is is he still on the Cubs uh, Tuesday at six oh one p.m. Eastern? Who, Cody Bellinger? No, Marcus Stroman. Uh, I would have to think so. He's a big part of what they're trying to do, and there's no reason to think that moving Cody Bellinger or moving Marcus Stroman would signal different things. See, I just right? think that that's a mistake because uh, it took a what eight game winning streak. For them to get above five hundred, like that's not sustainable. Like you're maybe not, they feel like they're maybe they feel like Cody Bellinger is who he is and will continue to be who he's been, and they can rely on that. And if they can rely on that, maybe some other guys that need to step up start to come to surface, and they've got a shot. I mean, I don't know how realistic that is, but if they're coming out publicly and saying those things, you know what's interesting is the Cubs. For however you feel about the Cubs, they're a game over 500, right? They have a better run differential than the first place Baltimore Orioles, who have the best record in the American League. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what that's the type of stuff that they're looking at, being like, hey, if we can well, just get in. Well, that's all part of the street, too. That's yeah, all like part we of can, the street. We can hang. Like the, the Chicago Cubs coming into play today on Monday have a plus 57 run differential 
you look around the league at some of these other playoff teams that are playoff hopefuls, the Phillies plus eight, the Marlins negative 21, uh, the Astros plus 55, the Angels plus 25, uh, the Guards plus six, the first place Twins plus 34, the Yankees plus nine, the Blue Jays plus 53, the Red Sox plus 48, and the Orioles plus 48. It's like you've got outside outside uh, outside of the San Diego Padres, the Chicago Cubs have the second best run differential in the National League postseason contender. Yeah, even it even bleeds over to the American League. Yeah, it's tough though because man, the Cubs have like two of the most obvious trade guys ever, like two guys who are performing better this year than they have at least in recent years by a lot, and are going to be free agents at the end of the year. It seems I'm like just saying, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying like, that's a reason know. to go for it, but I'm just saying that that's probably what, like, maybe how they're looking at it is, oh, we can hang with these other teams. Like, the only team, this is a list of teams that well, have a better run differential than the Cubs. The Braves, Rangers, Rays, Dodgers, and Padres. That's it. Yeah, and when I said, when I said playoff contending, I meant teams that weren't already locked into a playoff spot. So, like, outside of the Braves, the Dodgers, um, even including the Reds, who they have a better run differential than the Giants, the Marlins, the Brewers. Um, but you, you know what else this strikes up is, all right, if the Cubs do have these guys who are performing better than they have recently and could be a part of what they're trying to move forward with, isn't that what kind of backing in to the wild card is all about? is keeping players that can help you back into a wild card. So now the conversation becomes what line of demarcation do organizations create where they decide even with what we've got right now, it's better to sell them. Like are the prospect hall for either one of those guys right now going to be worth more than what they could potentially do should they back into the postseason? If they backed in, I think the odds are low. I, to me, it's kind of like almost kind of like, concerning as a Cubs fan because it almost feels like they think that their chance to make the playoffs this year is like this is what they did it for. Like this is the peak of the Cubs. Like they got these guys who they could trade pretty and get a lot of guys right now the way the trade market is. For Strowman, you could get a shit ton. Like I think if the Cubs were really all in and wanted to spend a lot and contend re- now or soon, they would trade Strowman and then, you know, sign free agents in the offseason. It almost kind of makes me think that this is kind of what they think their peak is in a way. They're aiming for the middle wild card spot. I didn't realize that Cody Bellinger has an option for next year. It's a mutual option. <clears throat> for $25 million, though. This year, uh, Twelve and a half million for Cody, which I think somehow became seventeen and a half. I don't know how the fuck that happened. Um, oh, uh, signing bonus maybe, maybe. But yeah, twenty-five million dollar mutual option with a five million dollar buyout next year for Cody. I thought he was a free agent at the end of the year, so it's like, yeah, might as well be. I'd love to know the last time a mutual option was exercised on both sides. Can't be very often. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, 
That's the Cubs situation. Fascinating to watch. And it, it it's only that way because that that third wildcard spot. Like you've got these teams that are now being forced to ask themselves questions that they wouldn't normally have to ask themselves. Like the Cubs are not having this discussion without that third wildcard spot. It's just not it's not necessary to have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you know, we're not we're not going for it. Right now the Chicago Cubs are three and a half back. Um they did lose on Sunday, but you've got the Giants, Brewers, and Marlins locked into a playoff spot, <coughs> which the Brewers and Marlins have the same record. Uh, then you have the Philadelphia Phillies, who are a half game out, the D-backs, who are a full game out, and then right there, the Cubs, three and a half. Three and a half. So, doesn't seem likely, but you can't look those guys in the clubhouse in the face after winning eight straight and say, hey, great effort and all, but <laughs> we're selling. Like, you guys are not in it. You just can't do that. You just can't do it. Yeah, like when the, what, the Mariners... Uh... Moved Kendall Graveman. Yeah. To the team that they just fucking to beat. The, right. And then Toro turns around and hits a fucking grand slam off of Kendall Graveman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy the guy they the guy they traded each other for. A lot of deleted tweets. Yeah. After that yeah. home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of deleted beers for Dallas this weekend. Oh my. Yeah. Buddy, I gotta I gotta yeah, go ahead. I went out Ooh. on Friday night. First time I went out in a long time. Uh, had a nice little table set up, playing some Jenga, some Uno. The blue moons were flowing. Uh, I knew the the promoter at the bar, so he even put on SmackDown for me. We were watching wrestling. Wrestling ended right at ten. Socks started right at ten. What a what a what a relay race that was. SmackDown right into socks. Blue moons are flowing. Playoffs are right around the corner, by the way. So it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue moon was born in a ballpark. First brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Uh, I will be meeting with some uh, blue moon representatives later because that contest... uh, the watch a I think it's watch an inning, which I think is ridiculous. Like if if someone wins a contest, we're gonna watch the whole game. I'm gonna take you up on the green monster. We'll we'll have some blue moons. It'll be fun. I don't know. I, I think it's probably like whoever wins it gets to pick uh what game, but the blue moons will be flowing. We'll FaceTime Dallas. It'll be a whole thing. What? With its refreshing flavor. <laughs> what did you make a face, Dallas? About what? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Where did you make a face for? <laughs> he does. He wasn't. He listening. doesn't seem to be. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be looped in on this uh, blue <laughs> blue moon sweepstakes. <laughs> no. Hopefully he's not busy that day. <laughs> well, he just has to answer a phone call. He yeah, he's just receiving a FaceTime. It's a low lift yeah, yeah. for. Yeah, it's a pretty light lift. Uh, with a re- refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. 
It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color and iconic orange slice ritual. Guarantees a one of a kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Joe, how far are you from Baltimore? Uh, one hour. One hour driving? Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, about one hour so like we've been throwing around uh the idea of doing some live events for the playoffs and i feel like we have to get in that birdbath i feel like we would be it would be a huge miss if we didn't do an orioles playoff game in the birdbath well last time we went to a playoff game you were fucking scared of the rain and you made us go inside out of our seats and miss the Bryce Harper. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize they allowed run. firearms so at the game. Did I put a gun to your head and tell you water. to come with me? <laughs> I'm down. Obviously, I'd love oh, the bird. Oh, bats. so you could have you could have sat in your seat in the rain if you want to is what you're saying? 100%. Ah, I brought okay. a fucking rain jacket. I had hood on. It was like 36 degrees and pouring. And I was like, listen, uh, I'm not getting pneumonia for the Philadelphia Phillies. Happy for what they're doing, um, but I am going to seek shelter. If it were my team, sure, I'm out there, no doubt. But but, but you'll Phillies, get you'll get pneumonia for the for the O's. It's gonna be early if we go for early October. It's still gonna be nice weather. <clears throat> better hope, brother. <laughs> you better hope. It, it really does depend City. on the postseason. I, I've been to some early October games where it is brick outside. And I've been to some early postseason games where like the Red Sox postseason run in 2007. We were wearing short sleeves for the fucking game seven of the ALCS. It was beautiful. out. I'd be nervous if I was you, Jared, walking into the home of Babe Ruth after all the things you said about that that man. They probably hate they might jump people, your ass. People in Baltimore, they're good people. People in Baltimore are, are definitely anti uh false slaughter. False, completely oh well, okay. Anti slaughter. I can't speak to anti slaughter. I'd like to think that yeah. all of us are anti slaughter. But you'd like to think that. But it's just not the case. Um, especially you, Dallas. <clears throat> nope. Big anti slaughter nope. guy. Big well, anti slaughter. Well, slaughter some use. crabs when we're down in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Go to pickles. Is that what it's called? Pickles. Jerry got crabs. Yeah. Joe, you know pickles? Yeah. Pickle. That's the bar right inside of the stadium, right? Yeah. Yeah. Been there. 
Mr. Pickles, Pickles Sandwich Shop. Shout out to Mr. Pickles Sandwich Shop. Oh my God. I used to absolutely hammer that place. Had every color t-shirt that they sold. Where is this? Uh, we used to have one in, in the 209. Uh, they, Jesus. They did not serve. Uh, we're just place. fucking, like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, we're talking about what? Baltimore in the, the playoffs. And he's like, anyway, so in Stockton, <laughs> we, got, we got this place called Pickles, and they got all these white color t-shirts. You got it anytime you're in the 209, brother. If you go down to Oakland, no, no, not, not now, not yeah. now. They're gone. Not now. They're gone. Yeah. Not now. Yeah, they're yeah. gone. Bay bro. Area. Yeah, Oakland, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oakland, for sure. Fucking unbelievable. Guy can't can't, can't go twenty minutes without directing no, something just, back to the A's. Some place or fucking open in the early nineties and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Man. Screen printed T-shirts and shit. It was great. You guys missed out. Yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. missed out. Yeah, shout out. That's your shout that's out. Your if you ever if you ever get a time machine and you want to go to this place with funky t-shirts, I'll <laughs> tell you. If there's a fucking Mister Pickle sandwich shop that still exists right now, yeah. like holler at me. I'm your fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Been your guy. The been Where you been? Guy. <laughs> Where the fuck you been? Yeah, <laughs> broke my heart when you uprooted, man. Hmm. <clears throat> that is. Simply stunning. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, the Angels continue to quote unquote go for it. They've added Randall Gritchick and CJ Crone. <laughs> Randall Gritchick of Saugus Little League fame. Randall Gritchick, I believe, was the losing pitcher when Saugus Little League walked him off uh, in 2003 Little League World Series. Uh, he also famously was the player that was selected by the Angels uh, before Mike Trout. <laughs> just draft. to hit a Mike Trout. Yeah, they had back-to-back picks. And they, they went Gritchick Trout. Mm. Yeah. Now he's back. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. We were, on the, uh, we were on the plane ride home from Colorado. And C.J. Crone, son of Chris Crone, who is one of our hitting coaches on the A's, uh, he ends up getting traded like right before we land and it all pops up on the, you know, everybody that has alerts on their phone or whatever they could see, get it. And we all just kind of get up and like, you know, congratulate crony or whatever. But, um, it's just, it's just a cool moment. Like, cause we were just there and you know, the conversation is, yeah, team's not playing well. Yeah. Not either. You know, just, Hey, keep grinding, blah, blah, blah. Have a good year. And, you know, we'll see you at the house at the end, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, gets thrust right into the middle of a of a crazy, crazy scene, which is going to be Anaheim and what that looks like. Who knows? But I think very cool for the Halos. I know it was a cool moment for for Chris Crone. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, got Alec Manoa firing a fucking heater off the grill of <coughs> Taylor Ward. He's mm-hmm. done for the season. Hope he's Is he really? Okay. That's official? Face fracture, man. Jesus Christ. I saw that there was blood. I didn't see the update. Yeah. Am I, well, you know what? Am I wrong? No, I think I think. He's I mean, done. I, no, you're right. I don't know the yeah. fracture, but they're saying he's out for the season. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Pre- yeah. I thought I, I thought that was the case. If, if, I, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I, I just I, I I that was one of the last things I thought I saw before I checked out. Um, but yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a, a again, it's another good sign and it's another effort on behalf of Anaheim to say, look, 
we're we're trying we are trying this is this is what we can do we're doing it i mean is it is it enough well whether it's enough or not jared like i mean that's going to be remain that's going to remain to be seen i'm just saying eyeball test is is it enough I mean, they no. uh, they made these moves. It's a, a very small sample. They made these moves, and then over the weekend, they lost the series to the to the Blue Jays. And now they have. But the they Braves. lost. They won the last game. They won the last game. They did the win the last game. I mean, that was they they a must win game. Yep, and Shohei had the fucking best day of the history of baseball <laughs> ever. Ten hours after this ever. massive trade, ever yeah. and. And uh, yeah, the momentum's all on their side. I mean, listen, on the eye, I think logically you went into your brain and you do math and thought about the possible scenarios. You'd say probably it's not enough, but I think the juju, the juju odds are higher than most teams. I don't know. Change my mind. I don't know. Change my mind. Change my mind. All right, go ahead. Dude, they brought in Giolito. No one thought that was going to happen. Boom. That's good juju. Shohei hits seven home runs. His pitches 100 strikeouts. It's pretty good juju. Two things in a row. What happens? They get punched in the mouth by the Blue Jays and then literally get hit in the face by a fastball that takes out one of their outfielders. What do they do? They get two of them. (laughs) So it's like every time they get hit, they're just coming back with another hit. They, mm. Wasn't there a boxing match this weekend? Same thing in that Ooh, match. There was. Wow. Somebody got hit, and then I saw a line that he got back up. Mm-hmm. That's what I the Angels him. are doing. And did that I guy saw. win the fight, Dallas? He sure did. He got knocked on his ass and then came back up and won? Belted, homie. That's Doubled up. There you go. And that could be the Angels right now. That's what it's kind of feeling like. Even though I don't think they're going to do it, that's what it feels like could happen because the juju is good. Yeah, I mean, Rand- and Randall Grichuk, as of right now, Randall Grichuk swinging the bat. I would hope so. CJ Crone was picked to be one of the best players in the NL West this year. I actually, MVP. I made a comment about that, that CJ Crone, some said, was going to be the best hitter in that division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Tough look. Yeah, I mean that, that didn't one. pan out. That didn't that didn't work out. But but he is now with the Angels and and hopefully can can supplement that offense. They need supplementation. Right now, what's happening if you're watching the Angels is that Shohei hits a home run and then gets intentionally walked four times in a row. So it's yeah. tough to win sometimes <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. And Jay, hey, you could kiss my ass about wrestling <laughs> with war, you son of a bitch. Um Obviously, one I of the great rivalries he, of all time. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I understand that he was not able to achieve two total wins because he didn't throw and catch and get all of the outs and blah 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 blah. I don't I, like to I, assume I, with I, you, big guy. I, no, I, 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 I get that, but there's just no fucking way you look at those games and are like, yeah, I mean, we could just give him two wins here. Like this is because <laughs> if he doesn't show up, this isn't happening. This just doesn't work this way. So, every, like, maybe it should be a vote. Like, I, I think at the end of every game, the war panel should just get together and go, all right, uh, would they have had this without him? 
No? Okay, just fucking yeah, tack another one on. Tack another one on. That's how I think war should be treated when it comes to Shohei, especially when he's doing shit like this. If he pitches, if he gives you a quality start and hits a homer, that's worth a fucking dub. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Give him a win for sure. Stacking dubs. I, uh, I had that in the notes because I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure that we didn't forget it and that we did it just because what was that on Thursday? Yeah. It yeah, was, it was Thursday. Like the day so, we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. It was the day that we dropped the last episode. Shohei throws a one hit complete game shutout in the first game of a doubleheader. Then he hits two home runs in the nightcap. Then on Friday in his first at bat against Kevin Gosman, who's having an outstanding year, he takes him deep. So it was a complete game, one hit shutout, followed CG by shut piece. three straight at bats where he homered in two different countries. And I was like, you know what? I know that there's going to be a lot of trades to talk about uh, on the next episode. And we're going to talk about those. But please let me make sure that we don't forget to talk about what Shohei just did. And <clears throat> I even said, I tweeted this. Um, like if I'm, it's not even like a, if you're talking like a baseball fan or like a casual baseball fan, just anyone. Like if I'm having a conversation with you uh, this past weekend and I'm telling you, and like when I saw Shohei hit the second home run of the double header, I had to pull over. I was like, I'm, I'm too, like, I know I'm not focused on the road right now. So I need to pull over so I don't kill anybody. Like I pulled over to tweet the highlight of his second homer. And when you're having a conversation about what he did, especially after the Toronto homer, if your reaction isn't complete, just blown away, then I was like, I don't, I don't want to continue the conversation. I can't, I can't be the person that's super, super, super excited about this and then have you not match my energy. I'm not, I'm not interested well, in continuing the conversation. Looks like you're going to have to cancel lunch with Roger Morris Jr. Then. Roger Morris Jr. Roger Morris. <laughs> Roger Morris. <laughs> Did you see this motherfucker? Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Brian. No, he's got he's got thirty six different reasons why Aaron Judge is Hulk. significantly better than Shohei Otani. No, what he got? What do he say? Brian Hoke. He's uh, the beat reporter for the Yankees. He wrote a book about the Aaron Judge's season last year, and uh-huh. I I was joking. I was like, let me guess. Roger Maris Jr. wrote the foreword. And I see the motherfucking book forward by Roger Maris Jr. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. You couldn't have had Aaron Judge's mom or like <laughs> literally anyone, literally anyone else. Like this motherfucker wrote the foreword to this book about uh, the 62. Like, get the fuck out of here. Roger so Maris good. Jr. Christ almighty with that guy. Yeah. Uh, you, Jay, it's it's Jay, book Roger Maris Jr. I want to I, I got something to say to that motherfucker. <laughs> Get him on here. It's 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 one thing. Uh, look, Otani, in my opinion, and he's been there for me, just because I I I know how unfucking realistic it is for a human being to be doing what he's doing at this level at this level. Okay, I, I haven't needed to be preached to on this. There's a lot of other folks that have already gotten tired of it. And that, again, is an indictment on them, not anybody who just wants to wants to preach the gospel of, of Showtime. But there is no arguing his transcendent presence now 
in sports. Like he's he's very close, if not already there, to 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 not being a baseball player anymore, but to just being Otani. You know what I mean? Kind of like Jordan. You know what comes along? He's with a that. brand. He's a brand. He, I, there's nothing preventing him from. I mean, well, I, I, let me slow the fuck down because MJ got six of them things that'll tell you that there are some things that prevent you from being a global brand and icon, and that's probably a few of them. But aside from the championships that Shohei Otani has yet to log, what he's done, how he's done it. Mm who he is and how he goes about it has transcended the sport of baseball. He's left baseball almost in the dust where what he's going to be doing, like I'm telling you right now, like the shit that's coming down the pipeline with New Balance folks, just wait. Just wait. What do you mean? Uh, well, the shoe game, there's just there's going to be some some special, special things. We've been talking about this for off. five years, and I've just been patiently waiting for some baseball player to step up and be like, it's hey, let's it's do coming. let's do a sneaker. It's coming, it's coming, it's and it's coming. gonna be New Balance. Yeah, what is it's what's coming. Lindor? Is he New Balance? Yeah, Lindor's New Balance. Yeah, I mean, I just wish I wish that there was some baseball player that had a relationship with Nike that like Mookie Betts. What the fuck, dude? He it, he's a sneaker guy. I believe he's a Nike guy. How has he not been? And he's in L.A. Like you're a businessman. You're in L.A., dude. Like. Call a meeting with Nike and be like, hey, how do we get like a sick Mookie, like Jordan one or something, anything? I don't know. Like, I feel like he would be at the, so, the front line so or something like that. So you're telling me the fucking Clayton Kershaw Skechers relationship isn't doing anything for you? <laughs> I would. Uh, do they really make those? Well, he, make- yeah. he pitches in Skechers, Jared. Yeah, but I'm not gonna wear cleats walking down the street. I would wear I would wear a Clayton Kershaw Skechers sneaker. No, doubt. <laughs> hey, if he if he sold like, I just I need some kind. Give me this. Yeah, give give me his wind up leg lift as a logo on the back of the shoe, and I'm wearing the fucking I'm wearing the CKs all day long. Yeah, all yes. day long. Yeah, I I guarantee you, uh, if I knew about it and they're real, are they just cleats or do they also have sh- just sneakers? Clayton, they they don't have the. There's no, no Clayton Kershaw signature line, unfortunately, yet. Yeah, there's no there's no like cross trainer. How Bryce Harper has a cross trainers. How Lindor has the turf. You know, uh, like there's they they don't have that option because that's We're all that's all a baseball shoe is or a baseball player's shoe is essentially the turf that they wear, you know, in the cage, take ground balls, whatever. I mean, Mookie, Mookie can come out with a basketball sneaker and no one is going to like bat an eye be like, aren't you a baseball player? It's like, yeah, but he can play every sport. Like Mookie bets having a basketball sneaker is no, that see, that's totally. Common. That's why that's why Mookie bets needs to come out with like some Nike ACG fucking shin high boot thing. So you can do anything in this. Like you could bowl in this, you could hike in this, you could fucking fire threes in this, you could get in the cage and work oppo in this, you could do anything in this shoe. The Mookie Moon that. Boot. The fucking Mookie Moon Boot. I'm here for it. I don't know who I gotta get into a room with, but 
we've got to figure this out because I feel like we've been talking about this for a long time, like legitimately, like we've been talking about this for a long time, uh, kind of like we've been talking about buying tickets to your favorite events and how it shouldn't be stressful. And I agree with that sentiment. Uh, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the be- their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. <clears throat> Uh, they've got flash deals on last minute tickets. It's easy to find, um, and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They give you, uh, the image in, of the seats, which I told you, I just got Ellen tickets to, uh, what's his face? The fu- Zach Brown band. It's like, yeah, we, any type of ticket you want. We got the view. We got it for last minute. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Game time. People are in the, uh, in the Reddit page being like, oh, what's the, what's that app that they use? It's game time. What's the promo code? It's Jared. J-A-R-E-D. Forget planning. Months in advance, game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Exclusive flash deals for tickets on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee, which is very similar to the Bob guarantee, means that you will guarantee you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off. Uh, Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Um. Okay, so we've hit on Scherzer, the Rangers side, the Mets side. Uh, we didn't really talk a ton about Jordan Hicks, the Blue Jays. We kind of just glazed over that one. Um, Jordan Romano's hurt. So this is something that's going to help the back end of the Blue Jays bullpen. Is is this enough for Toronto? I feel like it's not. I mean, I, I don't know if it's enough, but I like the pickup. Sure. I, I think. I think it's finally like Hicks this year feels like he's translating more of his potential into production than he has in past years. And it's like, I know everybody likes to focus on the sinker and like, obviously it's, it's incredibly impressive and very fast slider. Yeah. It's way more interesting to me. Like I think he called, I think Savant classifies it as a sweeper, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But it's a new pitch this year for him, basically, and batters are three for 31 with 20 uh, strikeouts against it and the whiff rate almost 60%. So, like, yeah. that's a fucking game changer for him. The issue for him has always been, why is this guy not missing bats that line up with the quality of his stuff, specifically his fastball? And this pitch uh, has opened that up. His strikeout rate's a career high and up 7% over where it was last year. So, I... Yep. Well, and the slider, Jay, the sliders, the slider's coming out a little hotter, too. It's two miles an hour harder than it has been. And the fact that the four seam fastball, because I mean the the sinker is 104. Four seamer would like you're talking about a dude who, according to Quest and Baseball Info, uh, has thrown 423 fastballs at 100 miles an hour or harder. That's the most in Major League Baseball, averaging 100.6. That's the highest average mark in Major League Baseball. So now you're starting to get a feel for the heater up top. You're starting to get a feel for that sweeping slider. That's right. It's still a slider. It's not a fucking sweeper. It's a sweeping slider. Mm. Now you're starting to garner, as Jay Hay said, a little more of that swing and miss that you would have liked to have had. But hey, either way. And think about this. 23 strikeouts on the slider so far this year. 
He had just 39 all of last year. This is a subjective thing, but this has to be the most one of the most irritating types of trades from the Cardinals perspective where it feels like you've been waiting a half decade or more for a guy to realize his potential on your team. A lot of starts and stops, a lot of injury stuff with him, ineffectiveness. And then right when it feels like it's all coming together or has come together, uh, he's a pending free agent and you trade him for some guy that you might see in four or five years. Like it's just that's got to be frustrating from the Cardinals side, but from from the Blue Jays side, I mean, you said Romano to the IL is is the the key part of this, and I think he is a nice bridge um, until and if uh, Romano gets back. It's a nice pickup. It's <clears throat> still not enough, though. Um, obviously, I, the, the the Toronto Blue Jays don't belong in the conversation of most uh, disappointing team when we're talking about these teams that have massive expectations, big payrolls, and having World Series parades before the season starts. But um, the Blue Jays have turned a little bit of a corner here. Uh, they are 12 games over 500. Yeah, five and a half back. It's it's crazy to me how the how the AL East kind of went from a runaway for the Tampa Bay Rays to like kind of like a three-team race. Like the Blue Jays being five and a half back, it's not like they're within striking distance of the Orioles, but um, you know, one great week from Toronto and one shit week from Tampa, which we've seen them, they're capable of, of what, doing. You, you're saying, are you saying five and a half is insurmountable? No, um, I didn't say oh. that. I just said they're not within striking distance at five and a half, but they're definitely within in, in like, uh, they're not out of it. They're in it. They're, in dis- it. They're, they're spitting distance. Yeah. They're in the division race at five and a half. Yes, but, for sure. Uh, that, that's what I was, I guess, wondering what you were getting at. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, Are you counting them out of the division at five and a half? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I just don't think like, uh, I, I got to get to probably three and a half to be like, I can smell that we're in striking distance of of maybe. So like a series, over. you want it to be a, se- a series. Give, give me a series to tie yeah. you or t- for you to blow me away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when you we're, really we're either even or we're six out. I got you. Yeah, five and, five and a half. It's it's the Jaws theme. It's like we're mm-hmm. we're lurking. We're in the water. Mm-hmm. We're coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where Toronto's mm-hmm. at right now. I'd like to see them make another move, especially as someone that picked them to win the division. It would be nice if they did that. The only person to pick them. Let's see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to give him some love. Um Aaron Judge came back. I feel like that got buried in a sea of other newsworthy items. You know, because the Yankees are in last place, it's not going to be as newsworthy that Judge came back. But he did come back. He did homer. And then he was benched. Benched on Sunday. And again, I mean, it couldn't have been a better game to be sat down because Luis Severino, my God, if there's anyone that deserves the Alec Manoa treatment, it is Luis Severino. He fucking sucks this guy. Terrible. Terrible. He is washed rinsed and correct me if i'm wrong he's a free agent at the end of the year things have not get ready to learn chinese buddy you are no longer a major leaguer once your contract expires at the end of the year uh he has been horrendous and uh i want to even say credit to aaron boone like that game was over after the first inning and he was like you know what we're getting at least 80 pitches out of you we're not gonna burn our bullpen because you suck uh we don't have judgy in the lineup today so, yeah, go out there and wear it. We don't give a fuck. Let your ERA get to eight for all we care. 
we, we know that you're going to be going into free agency. That doesn't matter to us. So go out there and wear it. And he did. Uh, he went out there and threw 80 pitches. I don't know. How, I think he probably made it to like maybe the fourth. Um, but yeah, another. Uh, and I think, well, I don't know, remember who had the report, but I did see a report somewhere that the Yankees were sort of using this weekend series against Baltimore as some sort of barometer for whether or not to buy or sell. Uh, you need to see anything else? Hmm. Like, what more do you no. need to see? I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, uh, I was talking to uh, Hubs last night. <clears throat> and uh, I was asking him about. The Empire's back, baby! No, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true, Hubs. Um, but I did ask him, like, how does Luis Severino make his next start? And he's like, he doesn't. He can't. I'm like, well, where else are you going to go? Because Nestor, I think Nestor has one more rehab outing and then he comes back after that. Maybe he has a rehab outing on Wednesday and then he's supposed to come back after that. Um, but yeah, they go in there. They lose. It was a tough one nothing loss. It was a tough one nothing loss. Then the Yankees put up eight runs in the middle game and then just get their fucking doors blown off. Uh, nine to three in the series finale. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, like, last, the, last, the last five games for your boy Severino. Mm-hmm. I've gone like this. Uh, the team is one and four in those games. How do they even win? He's logged, he's logged 21 and two-thirds innings, surrendered 43 hits, 27 earned runs. He's walked nine, punched out 18, given up seven homers in five games, sporting an ERA <clears throat> of 11.22. His FIP is 7.06, so a shade better. Um the batting average for the opponents that he's faced over those five games, they're hitting just slightly north of 400. 410 is what they're hitting. Uh, slugging 733. They're on base damn near half the time at 456. Um, it's, it's been a rough patch. It's been a rough patch. <laughs> it's been a rough patch. Uh, I mean, yeah. The Nestor can't come back soon enough. And I mean, Aaron Judge didn't go on any rehab outing, right? He just came back, right? He did yeah. not have a minor league assignment. No. Yeah, I mean, so do do we gonna, gonna do, do we think do we think it was rushed? Did him coming back and homering instantly silence any of those thoughts at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it. Put it this way: the Yankees' offense has been so pathetic and dreadful without Aaron Judge. That if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm sitting there saying I will take Judge once every three days uh, over the alternative. No Judge. Like we know what no Judge looks like, and it's a lot of L's. Uh, we get we get Aaron Judge out there to Homer. Fine, we'll take it. I mean, there I, I can't remember what the record is when Aaron Judge homers in Yankee games this year, but it's it's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking Judge once every three days if that's what it takes until he's fully healthy, which who knows if that happens this year? We don't know. Didn't, didn't, didn't they already say that when they benched him, he was fucking ticked off? Yeah, I mean, you got to sometimes pissed. You, so, How did that get out? There's something about uh, elite athletes. I can speak about this personally. Uh, but the thing about elite athletes is sometimes you have to protect them from themselves. Right, Dallas? 
Well, you were. T- you said you were going to speak about yourself. I quit listening. Oh, why are either of you talking about yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, what, what to, the fuck? You have to protect elite athletes from themselves. Hey. Yes. Yeah, we tend to get in our own way for sure. We. We. Yep. Totally something yep. we totally do. Yep. We. 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 Yep. <laughs> you know. You want to hear a crazy story about the Yankees? Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got? Guess how many hitters they have qualified hitters over league average in OPS plus? Two. Just one. one. Glaber okay. Torres. Glaber. And he's a 106 OPS plus. So Judge obviously isn't qualified. He's legitimately <laughs> the only even decent hitter, really. Guess you obviously could say the workload. Guess you could say the workload for Torres has been <clears throat> Glaber intensive. <laughs> get that guy a day off. Just keep him. Yeah, I don't get it. He's he's doing all the work, Jerry. Ah, Glaber, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glaber the Mar- Torres. The Marlins. The Marlins really, really want Glaber Torres. Uh, the scuttlebutt is that the asking price, Brian Cashman's asking price, is astronomically high um, <clears throat> for Glaber Torres. Um, so I wouldn't anticipate him being moved. What are the odds are of the Yankees trade deadline being super disappointing? Well, th- <laughs> I think those those are interconnected, though, right? Because what do they have to sell that really gets you anything? Uh, nothing. If you're I not, mean, like, <laughs> if you're if not you trading Glaber Torres, who- they could trade Anthony Rizzo and eat some of his contract and maybe get a nice, not an, even a nice, just like somewhat of a notable return, I guess. But to Joey's point, like I was watching the I was watching Sunday Night Baseball last night. I think his OPS plus was down to like 91 or something like that. Like Rizzo been has horrible. been ice ice for like two months now. Um, no, but I think like it is inevitably going to be disappointing. Easy answer, because mm-hmm. Yankee fans who want them to buy are going to be disappointed because they're probably not going to buy. And most of the best pieces to buy have come and gone already. The Yankees fans who want them to sell and initiate some sort of retooling effort. Well, what are you retooling with? What are you selling here? Because like, like even somebody like DJ LeMahieu, who like has been bad, but like, I guess you could squint and be like, uh, there's a league average player in there. Like, what are you getting back from him for him? If you trade him, not much. And what team are you fielding next year? If you trade some of your league average type guys away, like I just, they're like, they're sort like there's. A little bit of a Mets thing going on here. They're just a better team and have a much longer track record of success. And they have Aaron Judge and the Mets don't have him. And they have Garrett Cole and the Mets don't have Garrett Cole either. So like, but this sort of in-between place where, where is this team going? What is the future of this team? What is it supposed to look like next year that's going to make it better than the teams in its own division that are better right now with more young talent, more arriving talent? I don't know. It's... uh. It's a weird spot for them to be in. Inevitably disappointing, I think, though. They're kind of weirdly reminding me of the Angels right now because they have the Cy Young winner and they have Aaron Judge. But they have the two best players in the league. Obviously not. Angels have them. But Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, Cy Young, last year's MVP, and they're still terrible. Mm. That's tough. That's a tough comparison to draw. They're the Angels. The New York Angels. Give it up. Give it up. 
Yeah. I, to Jay Hayes' point, that is the hard part about this deadline for the Yankees is some of the guys that they were targeting, like uh, Blake Snell, for example. The Padres just swept. Like they, they, they're in it. Like the Padres are probably not going to sell. Yeah. Uh, it, what what's left? Like the, the players are the going to trade for Justin Verlander. Yeah, the players that would have made a difference for this team potentially, like that that move Cody in Bellinger. hindsight. Yeah, the, the move in hindsight needed to be done weeks ago to avoid falling mm-hmm. to like last place in your own division, basically, or or so far out of first place that that's not a path anymore. And like I, I just there's just not. <laughs> Like and sever well, that's and, and, done. And, they are in last, right? And Severino collapsing. Like I, I know he hasn't pitched well for the entire season, but the severity of his pitching has really the bottom has really fallen out over the last month or so, and I think that has really exacerbated their situation. Like it's just the teams that they were going to buy from are better, are either better than them or better positioned than they are to make the playoffs, even if their rosters aren't necessarily better. It's just I. I just look at this offense and I'm like, most of these dudes suck. And it's like, where, who is replacing these people in seasons moving forward that make you like, they can always spend a certain level of money, right? But they can't outspend the league or are choosing not to outspend the league at the same rate that they used to. So you can't paper over mistakes as cleanly as you, as the Yankees used to be able to do in that regard in free agency. And while I'm not a Yankees prospect expert, my understanding is, is that it's not like a farm system that's about to overflow into the major leagues. Like most of the guys who have arrived recently, nah. like Volpe has stayed in the major leagues. I guess that's the nicest thing you can say about his rookie season. Um, and then you've just got a lot of Kiner Falefas and Hagashiokas and Harrison Bader and the remnants of Rizzo and LeMahieu's careers and stuff like that. It's just so you have Aaron Judge and a bunch of stuff, basically, offensively, and um, doesn't seem like there's a lot in the pipeline coming through that's going to replace those guys at the level that we're used to the Yankees replacing players at. No, but they, they're that's probably so going to trade for Juan Soto, though, I bet. <laughs> yeah, but Okay, say that they do that. They're better, obviously, but that doesn't solve the core problem of this team that we've been discussing, which is a lack of depth. They have star-level players. Adding Soto would be great. Presumably, that would cost them more of their prospect depth uh, that they already probably shouldn't be trading from. And like, so you stick Soto on this team and they have three good players instead of two. And it's like, okay, if you re- if you sign Juan Soto, that's a totally different deal. But if you're just trading him for the final season and a half or season of his of his deal, then I just don't. That and I know you're kidding. Like I know that was like just the Yankee fan. Well, no, I, I literally just saw. I literally just saw uh, uh, Keith McPherson says the Yankees should go after Juan Soto. Who is that? He knows he does uh, WFAN, but he oh. knows better than to believe the team will add anything but mid outfield options. It's like that's pretty much how it's gonna go. Like I feel like the Yankee. I, I don't even know that they're gonna do that. Like, what do you? They don't have any. It makes no sense to buy, and they have nothing to sell. <laughs> They're too bad to sell. Yeah. How does that happen, dude? How are you so bad you can't sell? And you're the Yankees. So bad you can't sell. Glaber. Like, that's it. And I, and I, I don't mean, know that they – like, they value him too high. 
Well, and to, to Jared's, like, listen, if CJ Crone and Randall Grichik are being traded and things are coming back in those deals, then yes, obviously, to Jared's point, they can trade Rizzo. They could trade LeMayhew if they wanted to and get stuff in return. But it comes back to the point of like, okay, what does your team look like next season then? Like, who are you replacing those guys with? And maybe replacing them isn't that difficult. And this, I'm making things more complicated than they need to be. But I just, it's free agency can't be, you can, the Yankees can't be fielding five positions in free agency this offseason, right? Like that's, that's just not how the game works anymore. And, that, and they're not going to do that either. And their free agent acquisition last season has barely pitched for them this year in Rodon. So it's not like that. Even going out and He's spending handling. that money is not a, a, a solution necessarily. Hmm. And then every year they can't do that. Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole get a year older and hmm. another year where they miss the playoffs, two of the biggest stars in the game. It's a shame. It is. This might be the year that Cole finally gets his first Cy Young Award, though. It's going to be it. Never know. Yeah, you hate to see Evaldi go down. He was threatening. He was threatening. So, I think it would be appropriate. I think it would be appropriate if he got a Cy Young. I think his career makes a lot more sense if he's just got that one piece of hardware because he's been one of the three best pitchers in the league for six seasons now. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make a ton of sense if at the end of this era we look back and say. Robbie Ray got one. Yeah, but not Caracol. Yeah. Totally. Don't talk shit about Robbie Ray. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He threw the piss out of it, dude. He threw yeah, the no, piss out of it. He had a great year. It. He had a great year. He won the Cy Young Award. No doubt. But I'm just you saying. You shouldn't talk about injured players like that. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. It just, it just would make sense if Caracol got one. Just one. This could be the year. Garrett Cole, best pitcher in the league on the last place New York Yankees. Yikes. All right, guys, we're in the heat of the summer, and you guys need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knock around sunglasses is the go-to for the quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released their first set of teams uh, from the official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees, as well as the U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses. So you can add a little something extra to your game day outfit for this summer's big games. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on your overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Use the promo code rocket and that'll get you free shipping on your order. Woo. Free shipping. We love that. We love free shipping around here. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, I think we hit on all the major topics. Some, I guess, like David Robertson to the Marlins, whatever. Uh, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly goes back to the Dodgers. Lance Lynn and his like eight ERA, whatever that is, goes to the Dodgers. I mean, he's probably going to turn into like a a two thirty ERA guy with like a fourteen strikeouts per nine. Like, is that would that surprise anybody? Oh, for Lance Lynn, yeah. That he just start. I mean, I, I I love the idea that a fastball repertoire could. Could absolutely dominate, and then a fastball repertoire could look like it's looked for Lance Lynn at times. Um, but I, I don't think that there's anything that says Lance Lynn is just going to absolutely turn into a world beater. No, but but it's the Dodgers, think, and the stuff is there. The well, one I, I think, just by virtue of having support around him and knowing that 
you know, he's pitching in a different environment. Like Lance Lynn is in in my opinion, just after getting to know the dude a little bit, is a hundred percent like if I'm surrounded by a bunch of like dudes who are ready to get after this and the environment is what it is, well then he just he he's he's different. I, mm. I'm actually pretty optimistic on the Lance Lynn to the Dodgers thing because I do to I think you said the stuff is still there. Like I, I think there's stuff to like unlike the Cindergard trade, there's something to work with here. Like his strikeout rate is basically in line with what it was in 2021. His walk rate is basic is double what it was last year. But to me, it's really the homer rate that's like it's 5.2%. That would be the highest mark of his career by far. That feels a little bit fluky. Like he can still miss bats. And so well, like as long as the expectations are in line, I think this is I think this combo ad is a nice get for the Dodgers. Yeah, he he I mean he kind of addressed it himself, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. My oh god, what did he say? He he said he said you look at some of my numbers and they're not great. I'm giving up the homer or whatever, but if you look at the the strikeouts and and things like that, you know, I've still got that. Like there's those I, numbers are still there. I mean, like not to make too much of uh, of a handful of starts, but like you have to have some ability in your arm still to have a performance of seven innings and 16 strikeouts like that happened about a month and a half ago and less than a month ago, he had a start of seven innings, one hit, zero runs, one walk and 11 strikeouts against a good Toronto Blue Jays team. So like you just don't see any lines like that on Syndergaard's resume. And like I know they're kind of getting grouped into the same thing, like just these washed pitchers who are just getting a change of scenery. But to me, I would way, way, way rather take a chance on Lansland. Sure. Um, just seeing this now from MLB Communications. Hmm. Last week produced the highest average attendance that MLB has seen in more than a decade. In addition, the current year-over-year growth in average attendance is the best since the game expanded to 30 clubs a quarter century ago. Congrats to us. I think that's mostly us. That's... <laughs> I would agree. I would say we probably have, I don't know. Mm, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking us along on this ride, Jared. Thank you, guys. Come on. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Uh, yeah, probably at least like 80% credit for that. Like I think, like the rules factor in. Um, I think Shohei, it's a, Ellie De La Cruz, BID, baseball's dead. Eighty percent. I think it's a little and, weird they didn't like spec- specify us in the press release. Right. Right. I think they probably thought it was like a legal issue that they couldn't use our logo or something. Yeah, that's probably true. Mike Teven, go ahead. You can use it. <laughs> yeah. Put it out there, Mike. Do the right thing. BID. Yeah, I love that for us. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, 
You can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, any, uh, any final thoughts here today? Uh, I know we glossed over it. I like the Robertson to the to the Marlins pickup like that in combination with the Jorge. Like they just kind of revamped their what their whole back end of the bullpen looks like. So you got Robertson closing, and then you got the Puck Scott setup thing, and Jorge Lopez coming in before them. I don't know if it's going to work, but Robertson's cutter. Here's a nug for you to end the pod for me at least. Uh, batters are hitting 132 off of Robertson's cutter this year. There have been 33 pitchers to throw at least 300 cutters. The next closest is 70 points higher at 202. So Robertson 132, next best 202. That cutter is nasty. Not that we didn't already know that, but even at his advanced age, still uh, arguably better than it's ever been. It's almost like being able to spend time with a veteran ball player who's really, really good at what they do could rub off on a guy. Mm. It's almost like having a veteran present in the clubhouse could make an impact. Who did Robertson play with that had a cutter? Is that a serious question? No. (laughs) Was he with the Yankees when Rivera was there? Yeah, Mariano was hanging around for sure. Um. Also, a report just came across that uh, the Rangers are in on Verlander now. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know. They should take the door and Alonzo, too, and just win with and the that's Mets carcass. Just, yeah. And, and, and is that just to keep Houston from going to get him? Maybe. That's a big dick move. If you're like, that's a huge uh, dick yeah, move. Yeah. For fifty million dollars, we're going to prevent our in-state rival from getting him because we we're just going to yeah. go do it ourselves. Yeah, the Texas the Rangers are still involved with trade talks surrounding Justin Verlander. Oh man, just don't just yeah okay all right <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow, wow, that would be fucking strong. Next, and then in and then you know Degrom will miss all next year probably, but then in twenty twenty five. You could have like a 95-year-old Scherzer and Verlander teaming up with a rehabbing DeGrom. That could be cool. (laughs) DeGrom could be the opener for those guys. Yep. I see the plan. DeGrom. DeGrom, Scherzer, and Verlander all on the same staff. Could you imagine? Like, I think that's the route they need to go is DeGrom, you open. And we're going to give you three, four inning stints or whatever every few days and just see how many perfect innings you can log in a row. <sighs> Let's just go that route. Like, fuck starts and all. Like, just you're going to get the ball. Here's three to four innings, and we'll see you in three days. Well, sounds like that's, sounds like that's happening. Maybe so. four days. Shit, maybe seven days, the way things have gone. I don't know. Yeah. Yo, shout out to Carlos Santana, too, who has literally never been good with a team that isn't Cleveland. I'd, he yeah, keeps I, getting I, traded or signing with all of these teams, and he's so bad. 
And he's only good when he's with the Guardians slash Indians. Better than Lador, if you look at the numbers. What's that? Better than Lindor, if you look at the numbers. What numbers? (laughs) What numbers? (laughs) (laughs) Jared's numbers. You don't remember this? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just went batting average in OPS. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, he is better than Lindor. Dallas, any final thoughts here today? Uh, yeah. I I don't know how much you guys think um about this. I think about it a lot because I was raised by two women who love baseball. Um, it's always interesting to me that we have so many female fans, female listeners. I I love every minute of it. It's great, and I actually had the opportunity to meet a couple of extremely extremely dedicated and extremely diehard baseball is dead listeners who uh, were kind enough to actually bring me some very heartfelt gifts. Uh, I don't have them on me right now because my bags are still at the team hotel in the city of LA. I am back at home, so I didn't travel with my bags, but um, I got the opportunity to meet both of these young ladies and uh, it was, I didn't need to fucking cry right before I went on air to call a fucking baseball game. But damn it, that's kind of what happened um, when I met Sharon and Anna. Um, So shout out to those ladies. Uh, I'm not going to get into any details about the relationship or the conversations because those are private. Not to say that we won't continue to maybe share some information moving forward. But uh, I just want to thank you ladies for making my day and uh, taking the time to swing by and say hello. That meant a lot to me. And the fact that you guys listen and the fact that uh, you listen as intently as you do, <laughs> that that really warms the heart. So, Sharon, fire one up. Enjoy it, my friend. You deserve it. Uh, Anna, you're an absolute hero. Uh, related to that, about the listener stuff, uh, people have been asking to bring back uh, listener questions yes. slash submissions. So we, sh- if you're open to that, we should consider that. Should we pick a day, either Wednesday or Thursday? Because obviously, like the Monday pods are yeah. meatier. If uh, maybe, maybe the, the Thursday Wednesday- getaway day. Yeah, because yeah. Thursday we're always like, ah, it's a quick turnaround. There's not, a- yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday listener question day. Listen, yeah, listener, we'll make it. We'll make it listener appreciation day. All right, all right, we'll do that. Uh, th- listener questions on Thursday. Uh, what should we, how should we do that, Jake? Just like DM it to baseball's dead. Yeah. I'll tweet out a graphic and we can just, uh, sort through the DMS. Okay. All right. We'll do listener questions on Thursday. We used to do like voicemails for those, but that's a pain in the fucking balls. We can still do those at some point, but just for, for convenience sake, um, DM baseball is dead on Twitter or X, excuse me, X. No, don't do send that. Us, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. See, you don't. You're gonna be a part of the. Way. Don't do it. Don't do it. X. Don't do it. If you say Elon, it, that's what happens. I'll never. Just don't say it. X. Send us a fucking X message, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll read the questions on the podcast on Thursday. Uh, if your team's in it, enjoy the trade deadline. If your team's not in it, sorry about it. Enjoy the trade deadline. And we'll be back here. Wait, Joe, do you have final thoughts? No, just uh, just let me know what jersey you want. 
Oh yeah, no, I, w- I was looking for a Harold Baines Hall of Fame jersey. To I'm using my know. jersey credit to give a gift to Jay Hay. Uh, I'm gonna find one. We're gonna lock it down within the price range of two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever money's left over, you can give to me in Starbucks gift cards. Uh, Jake, Jake's takes. Uh, just this episode really made me realize how disappointed I am in the Yankees this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just coming off of ALCS appearance and re-signing the AL MVP, just had really high hopes for them, but it looks like it's not going to pan out. No. I mean, they definitely appeared in that ALCS. They for sure appeared. Um, all right. We'll be back on Wednesday. Don't forget to fucking send us an X message. X. And we'll be back on Wednesday. We go. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.